Hey guys, welcome back to the WBF podcast. I'm here with my buddy, David Elk. David? Howdy, howdy. How are you doing? Let's get rowdy. Let's get rowdy. Man, I've been dreaming of this day since before I even did a podcast. To have like a true brother to come on is super, super exciting. So thank you. Yeah, we've been talking about it for quite a while. Mm Mm-hmm. Been meaning to get around to it for just as long, just takes time. Hmm. But I finally made it down. Finally, thank you. Here we are. You said, hey, I'm coming down. I'll be down till Tuesday. And then I was like, oh, I'm leaving. <laughs> like, <laughs> tomorrow. Big bummer. Yeah, uh, I'm here today. I think uh, what was intriguing to me was when we were talking on the phone and you were asking me about the youth. Yep. And I was like, I, I was kind of wondering, like, what was drawing your heart to that whenever we were talking on the phone that day? So... <sighs> Somewhat jumping right into it, the um, whenever I was younger, I had gone through Sunday school and everything else, and raised Catholic, sit, sit stand, kneel, you know, mm-hmm. and just never really latched on to it. Sort of just there because my parents wanted me to be, mm-hmm. and then we met, and you. I went with you to your church, which, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's considered a non-denominational church, Mm -hmm. makes things a lot more interesting and easy to grasp onto. And I went to a couple youth things with you and Mm -hmm. uh, found that to be a lot better to grasp onto than what I was raised in. And uh, me going through Sunday school and service and everything, Catholic, all that, I was just sort of there and just words going in one ear out the other. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure even some of the days whenever I was there with you, I was doing the same thing. And, you know, everybody's probably guilty of it. But I wanted, you said you were sort of taking a step forward and leading in the youth. Mm-hmm. And I, I was wondering how you felt they were grasping it if it was, you know, some just bouncing right off of some of them or if you could feel the, uh, it's got to be rewarding whenever you have, you can tell someone's really taking it in mm-hmm. and embracing it. And, you know, it's going somewhere rather than just, they're just there. Yeah, for sure. Whenever we first met, I was like 15 or 16 or so. Somewhere in there. And so whenever I met you, it was almost kind of, it was so similar to Zach because I had just wanted to have a friend. I wanted a friend so bad. And so I remember when we first started hanging out, I was still like in this season of being pretty on fire for the Lord, but I was also like losing it a little bit. Right. So I remember like there was all these nights where we would just stay up and talk about it for hours. Yeah. And we would just talk about it, you know. Till we got blue in the face. You know what I mean? We just have these long, we just always talk that way. Right. You know what I mean? Where we're just always filling up the air with something. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And it's sometimes about nothing nonsense. And other times it was really going deep into um, 
what hits close to home and what mm-hmm. sort of getting in the word sometimes, but that's almost not even the case. It was just, you can put it out there in such a different way that mm. makes things, uh, more, whenever you're talking to one of your best friends about it, mm-hmm. you know, you're not sharing scripture or, you know, pre-canned mm. literature mm-hmm. and you're more just sort of going with, uh, from the heart. Yeah, we were talking about like just crazy off the wall imaginations and stuff. Yeah, you know it, what it I wasn't mean? even just religion. It was we would deep dive into countless subjects, mm-hmm. but religion was definitely a uh, frequent, frequent subject. Yeah, it was something on my heart, and like in the nothingness of all those conversations, we talked about everything. Oh yeah. So like, you're one of the few people in my life that I've told like everything I can think of to. So even if we were just like jabbering about the Cardinals one day, it would lead us into these deep conversations day after day after day because we hung out so much. And I think that's something that the youth might not have as good of is like just good, solid friendships. You know what I mean? Which I guess you could say we were um, blessed to to have grown up next to each other, not our whole lives, but Mm -hmm. through an important time in our life. And so for anyone listening that doesn't know, I moved here to Kentucky my freshman year of high school Mm -hmm. and um, moved down the street from Daniel my sophomore year, your junior year, right? Yeah. Were we going into our sophomore and junior years? I think it was because... did you move during the semester? It might have been... The first or second semester, maybe? Yeah, it was somewhere in there. My memory, as far as dates goes, (laughs) is terrible. Taylor, my wife, will be talking about something, and I'll go on about how that was, you know, a couple months ago, and she's like, actually, that was about four years ago. (laughs) (laughs) It just, time gets away from you. But Mm -hmm. it was somewhere in there. I'm not going to put a solid date on it, but to have someone right down the street... Luckily, uh, pretty nice guy. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. And uh, someone to just share the nothingness with in times and also to share a lot of good times. But, Mm -hmm. you know, whenever you're, we could be bored and just call each other and then be bored together and it wasn't as bad. It wasn't so boring. (laughs) We'd get into something or we'd just sit there and... You know, play video games, smash a bag of Doritos, and... uh, Smashing those Doritos, (laughs) dude. But, yeah, so to have uh, the friendship that we've had, and for it to, you know, I'm states away now, and sometimes we don't talk for months, Mm -hmm. but just a phone call where I pop into town, and it picks up where it left off, never misses a beat. Yeah. But to have that is, it's something that maybe a lot of the youth nowadays, I'm almost getting sidetracked. I almost had had to circle back. Maybe maybe a lot of them don't have that kind of friendship or person. Maybe it's a sibling or, you know, I consider you a brother. Maybe maybe they just don't have the sibling, friend, or person in general that they can... uh, reciprocate that 
with. And mm-hmm. I think the years continually show me how little I realized how blessed I was to have you and have other brothers like you. Because I just think sometimes in life we just take things for granted. But I just see so many people who are so lost and they don't have anybody. And there's so many stories of so many people who, who just feel alone. And that's something that, you know, even if I've dealt, I've battled with it in the past, it's a, it's a lie because I always had somebody. I've right. always had somebody, you know, before you moved onto the street, we gotta, we gotta go all the way back. We gotta tell them the whole story for, for me, I grew up on the same dead end road my whole life. So like I had what we had before you came into town. I had a buddy who lived in your home right. who was like my very first childhood friend, which is insane, insane. So Whenever you, whenever he left, Zach was also, he lived on the street for a few years and me and Zach became best friends. And then after a few years of them being gone, then you moved in and we had our own special, unique relationship. I love how you said something about us being brothers because I was, that's the thing I wanted to talk to you about that I had to wait until we got on the podcast to talk about is it's been so hard for me to talk about Zach on here and like stumble over myself calling him my best friend because it's something that I've battled with my whole life trying to like label you guys. And it's Which just like pointless. so silly that the, I think it's like this thing of the world that's really like weighing on people to like make these decisions and these like labels on friendships that don't really need them because you guys all are my brothers. Right. You know what I mean? It's just weird to get on here and tell someone, well, my brother, not my like related yeah. brother. You know what I mean? It's like a say, hard thing. Know, one of my best friends, and leave it at that. Yeah. But definitely a brother, and I, I know for a fact I can tell you that 30 years from now, mm-hmm. we'll still be reconnecting. Maybe the times mm-hmm. in between are longer, maybe not, hopefully not, but because they get pretty long right now. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, without a doubt, I'd know that, you know, kids' birthdays are like special moments. I'd know that, uh, I mean, even if we miss all those, but things just aren't going to be lost and forgotten. It is comforting to know that no matter what happens between us, me and you will always be close. Oh, yeah. Like, there was something about our relationship that was unique to me that we, like, never argued. Yeah. Like, I don't really remember very many times where me and you were, like, mad at each other. No. And that for for guys, that's pretty impossible. I mean, we're for, you know we're full of testosterone. Right. We're we're full of pride. We're all wanting to be the biggest, baddest dude. Oh yeah. And for me and you, like I don't remember a single time. You know, the only like I would say bad feeling I remember feeling towards you is jealousy. And there's sometimes where I get jealous of you because you were like just so good with people. Something that you and Zach both were good at. And so, like, I remember, you know, dating a girl, and then we'd break up. And then you guys would be cool because you're a cool dude to hang out with. And it would be like, oh, you know, my heart would be all broken. <laughs> and I'd get, I'd get, je- I remember jealousy, but I never remember. And I remember knowing it was silly. But that's the, like, one thing I remember. Yeah, and I wouldn't even say I was always, always great with people. And sometimes I definitely still have very, I guess you could say, awkward happenings. Mm. And uh, it 
used to be a lot more, but you know, you just get yourself into enough strange situations and break out of uh, your comfort zone enough and talk to enough people and, you know, it just comes naturally. And it's just, I moved around growing up Mm -hmm. my whole life. So I had probably started in elementary school and I had my core group of friends and then not only going into ended fifth grade there and then and that was in Eureka, Missouri, just outside of St. Louis, but uh, moved to Colorado. So not only was I going into middle school, it was a completely new state, didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. New school my sixth grade year. And then took a while to get comfortable, settled in. Thought I had a pretty good grasp on, uh, you know, sports and friends. And then uh, it took probably almost a whole year to do that, which sports helped a lot. But uh, then seventh grade, Mm -hmm. another new school. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. then doing it all over again. And then same thing. I had seventh and eighth grade at the same school and then... Moved to Kentucky, another new school for my high school career. Mm-hmm. And then so it's just sort of been through the cycle a few times. And the more you do it, the more you meet people, the easier it gets. And mm-hmm. But definitely I could see myself struggling in the same aspect that just might not have been so obvious. Mm. But sometimes just plays off well, I guess. Were you consistently like going to church throughout middle school and stuff? Or were you guys kind of like... Yeah, you know, I'd say almost every Sunday. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, definitely. And it was just, I never grasped onto any of it. Mm -hmm. I went, but that's all I can say about it. So many people I've met on here did a lot of traveling when they were younger, and it was actually harder on them. So I was, like, jealous of something that probably wasn't even that fun to be a part of, you know, having to travel and stuff. I mean, it was, looking back on it, I think it was a great experience, and I want to do that Mm. more. I would love to up and move somewhere and just sort of settle in. Start over? You know, not necessarily start over. And I've talked about it with my wife, but she is, you know, so glued close to home, Mm. doesn't want to leave. Her whole family is there and would not leave. You know, we've talked about it (laughs) later in life. Maybe we could, but I told her, I was like, yeah, you know, we could just sort of drive until we ran out of gas pretty much and Mm. then just sort of stay start life there you know i could have a job anywhere and Mm -hmm. make it work but that's uh not on the that might be part of your calling bro without you even realizing it your heart to just kind of like go where the wind takes you and stuff like that might be part of uh what you're called to do is travel and go to the world it it's definitely something i still want to do and i know that you know probably like way further down the road we're so rooted in where we're at now i mean i'm starting a business yeah um we've got a whole farm going and everything Mm -hmm. else it's a lot harder now than it was 
seven years ago. Oh yeah. For me to just say, I'm going to go wherever. The responsibilities only grow for sure. Yeah. And it's still possible though. I'm not ruling it out completely. Yeah. But, um, I just know that's your heart, you know, yeah. I've tried to convince myself to move to Missouri like a hundred times and <laughs> I just can never do it. Yeah. That's one thing I can say is I'm, I wouldn't say I'm, you know, rooted in too deep anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I think eventually she's going to jump on board. She loves to travel anyways, but mm-hmm. as far as to move, I don't think that's something she would be interested in or even entertain until later in life. There's some freedom in that. Yeah. It's most people can't do it. That's not like an everybody's calling to just feel like they're like could just get up and Right. You know, uproot everything. Yeah. Before we met, that was actually my plan was to uh I was living at my dad's house at the time and I was just gonna get, you know, some tool debt paid down and then get a little more situated on my feet and then just sort of take off and go and figure it out. Mm. I mean, and for anyone listening that doesn't know, I'm a mechanic and I can go to any town, throw a rock and hit four places to work. (laughs) Yeah. So that was definitely not, a, a career is not holding me down to a spot, which is something that I love the fact about it. Any trade, you can go anywhere. Mm hmm. And uh, not have to worry. Your pay scale might not be the same, but mm-hmm. it's just money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, that's eventually, I think, it's just going to come later in life that we pack up and move. We've got a long time with a lot of animals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got plenty of time. And I think that the Lord will show you and impress on your heart. I think there's something about you that I don't even know if you're aware of, but there's something inside you that I think if you start tuning into it, like you'd start experiencing the Lord on a, like a new level. Like you have a very big spirit and I don't know how else to say it other than like, I feel like you have a very discerning spirit inside of you. And there's something that you have that makes people gravitate towards you. It's not just like you moving around and getting more confident in yourself. There's something about you that people like, and it's like tangible. I've only seen it. I mean, you see it with a few people, but it, with specific people, sometimes you see it even like amplified even more. And I think that's something that you have. So it would be cool. The whole brother thing was something I just wanted to bring up to you because I started thinking back to like all the years that me and you were like, no one could have separated us. You right. know, like we were closer than any other friend. Yeah. But I've had that with Zach. I've had that with you and I've had that with Quentin. And maybe a couple other guys, but not as early on as you guys. And I was really like thinking back to the stuff we've been through. And like with you moving in, it was like I was walking down the same street for like two years. Like if only I had a friend, if only someone would move (laughs) into this stupid house, I'd have a friend. And it was like God sent you guys. And next thing you know, me and you are best friends. Yeah. And before that, for five years, it was me and Zach. And then somewhere along in there when Caleb died... Me and Quentin were, like, inseparable. We hung out, like, every day. Yeah. Like, the band would get together. By the oh, way, yeah. David's an original P-Town uh, Brown member. I haven't <laughs> talked about that on here. We had a high school band. Oh, yeah, that was the best. I think I might have mentioned it. But, yeah, we had a, we had a high school band. But 
Quentin, it was really Quentin's thing, right? I mean, oh, yeah. he was he the was musical the musician. guy. Yeah. I mean, we all were musicians, but he was the backbone of the right. operation. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had the setup. Oh, yeah. He had the soundboard, and yeah. he was obviously the most talented out of all of us. And an incredible writer. Mm-hmm. There's, I can't do, you know, sure, I'm not going to say I can't do it, but there's just something where he is just gifted in the songwriting department. Mm-hmm. He no, can for sure. take anything and make a song about it, and it's fantastic. Yeah, he's a lyricist, or lyricist, however you say that. Yeah. yeah, songwriter, for sure. But whenever we started playing in that band, me and him played together, like, all the time. And if we got the band together, awesome. But if me and him were hanging out, yeah. but we, were, we were getting stoned, and we were playing music. Like, that's what we did. <laughs> you know, this is back whenever I was a big stoner. That was what I did. That was my identity. I tell people on here all the time, my identity was smoking marijuana. Yeah. And so we'd go and get high and play music. That's just what we liked to do. And me and you did that a bunch too. Oh, Went yeah. and did that, you know, that was just what I did. You know, I was thinking about the tendencies that that formed in me, you know, all those years of like having to do that before I did everything else. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was a, a long, a long period of just, you know, routine activities that were just, Prefaced with, mm-hmm. you know, s- smoking weed. Yeah. And it's kind of silly, very silly, I think. And it's just unnecessary. But, I mean, it's just... I was forming an addiction, and whenever that was taken away from me, I just chose something else to get addicted to. And the thing that happens with that is usually people get a worse drug to get addicted to. You don't see people going yeah. from, like, you know marijuana to caffeine they go from like marijuana to like meth eventually you know what i mean like it's usually like a a downward spiral yeah you know what i mean and i can't say that i had many addictions other than nicotine but um you know like smoking weed i regularly but i it came time where i wanted to move up with my career and get a better paying job and that meant passing a drug test so then I just put it down mm-hmm. you were those guys who could like, kind of grow out of stuff yeah and it wouldn't bother you none yeah and so then I remember I actually picked it back up tried to anyways mm-hmm. and it was just way too much for me <laughs> to handle I'm sitting there making sure my heart's still beating and <laughs> counting my breaths and I was like yeah that's... and at this point I didn't have a job that drug tested anymore and I just decided that's not for me mm-hmm. and other than the occasional drink on the weekend or anything like that the only addiction I've faced is nicotine and I've tried to even get away from it never lasts more than a couple months mm-hmm. unfortunately but there's just too many i put down one thing like cigarettes and i'd pick up chew and i mm-hmm. put chew down get a vape switch from that to like nicotine pouches and mm-hmm. the whole cold turkey thing has not worked out yet i've made it like two months and i thought i was past it Mm. and then i would 
be having a drink with some friends and then i'm like well here we go i'm gonna go mm-hmm. ahead and pick one up and nicotine is so interchangeable it's yeah it's probably the most interchangeable drug is because like you just said there's like seven different ways to do it yeah it's you know ridiculous. what i mean and i think the thing there is anytime you go to have a quote-unquote good time and have a couple of drinks there's always someone with a cigarette. There's always someone with a dip. Oh, yeah. There's always, and they're either going to bum you one or you're going to go buy a pack before you guys go oh, out. Yeah. You know, it's so easy to pick it back up. There's the levels to it where you're like, all right, I quit. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, well, I quit buying them. So now you're just bumming them from all your buddies. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, no one likes that. So then you're like, well, I'm a nuisance. I might as well just go <laughs> buy it. And then here we are again. <laughs> yeah. Next thing you know, you have a $200 vape sitting, burning a hole in your pocket. Yeah, it's... <laughs> dumb it really is and i remember whenever we first started trying dipping and everything else and i was mm-hmm. just i don't even know why i did it or smoking cigarettes so i was yeah. just like and at that time it wasn't you know a habit or anything like that i was mm-hmm. just doing it to do it for no reason <laughs> that's what we did like 90 percent of the re- things we did was for no reason oh yeah and then it's just looking back i'm like and at the time, I would have said, I'm not addicted. And I said that for the longest time mm-hmm. until I actually tried to prove it to myself that I wasn't addicted. And yeah. I'm like, well, I'm sort of eating my words. That's a tough thing to realize. Your pride will quickly say, you're good. And yeah. then you're yeah. like, test yourself on that. Yeah. But and it's even, you know, like, that's nothing compared to, you know, what some people have been through with. Mm. addiction you know it's just i don't even feel right saying that i suffer from addiction because i mm. mean it's you know what i like to stop it sure but that's not ruining my life and mm. for at the moment you never know what could happen in 10 years but yeah it's not uh, i think it's good to acknowledge that it's not who you are yeah because what some some things that happen sometimes what happens with addiction is it becomes who you are it becomes your identity so i think there is good in that you do want to be careful with like the it's not killing me now kind of thing because we don't know you know what vapes got in store for us you know 10 years down the road so you I, i my advice would be careful be careful with that but it's good to acknowledge like i don't have a problem even if you do have a problem it's good to like speak good over yourself i'm a very firm believer in your words having power right and so i i'm like a very big believer in faith and like what you speak is is basically what you get to an extent i mean obviously there's yeah. like some ins and outs on that but just that's kind of like what i grew up hearing and people talk about you know speaking something into existence mm-hmm. and i'm a firm believer in that as well you know if you mm-hmm. keep on telling yourself what you're going to manifest what's going to happen, what's mm-hmm. coming your way. It's, it's coming. I agree. And there's... I think people would see more success if they tied that into Jesus and their yeah. faith. But a lot of people don't do that, sadly. Yeah. But I do think there is something there, for sure. And then there's also another line of... Another crowd out there that says... Well, God's going to, you know, he's putting everything in my path at the right time. But you also have to be active. You know, Mm. what do you want that's better in your life that, you know, you can go and achieve? And you might be getting, you know, all these good things put in front of you. And, you know, it's 
Mm-hmm. They'll say, the Lord's blessing me, but what could you really be doing in, you know, using yourself for something completely different? Yeah. Or next level, you know, you could tenfold what you're at right now and mm-hmm. use it in other ways to better the people around you. Yeah. I mean, it's just how hard are, are you going to put your head down and go? I've heard people come on here and tell me that they had good things lining up, but then it came to a point where they weren't supposed to keep on going down that path anymore. Like they felt a check in their spirit and it was time for them to go a different direction. So sometimes the enemy will use good things in your life to try to convince you you're still on the right path and you might not be. So it's important for you to like check your heart and check with the Lord and make sure like you're still on the right path with him. It's always good to check. You know, I've been reading a lot of first and second Samuel. It's a, a lot about David, King David classic that's your name great guy yeah you should, re- you should read about him he's a good dude um and he was constantly inquiring of the lord constantly over and over and over again you see it in the word and you see the prosperity because of that it's so important man yeah there's just you know in like recently i started my business and it's probably going to be one of the hardest things I've ever done. Even just Mm. to make the jump to do it was extremely hard. I had all these milestones put out in my head that I had to have so much in the bank account and Mm. so much here and the the clientele lined up and everything, you know, all my ducks in a row. And it got to the point where I just had to realize I wasn't happy where I was at and what am I? What am I gonna miss out on if it doesn't work out? You know, mm. if it doesn't work out, I go. You know, I I can go right back where I was before. I can get a different job. I could even change my whole career path if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. But this is something. It's something that I've always wanted to do. And I mean, the end result is limitless right mm. now. Whereas I felt like I was capped before. Mm. And that same thing applies in a lot of different situations in life. But it was just, I was tired of being content with where I was. And I knew I wanted something more. Mm -hmm. And if you want to put that into a a religious aspect of it, I right now haven't been going to church. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like we hit on before, I, uh, Went in my younger years and everything else, never really was connected to it. But I will say that um, occasionally you'll hit me with a, a verse or I'll even, you know, hit, send one to you or listening to your podcast. Or I think you have been the, um, and I'm not even like overly religious, but, I, you know, you keep me in mm. that line of sight I would say but um, so I can honestly say if it wasn't for you and your podcast what we're doing here not that I'm on it but listening to it occasionally Mm. or you tell me about you know you've got some good word here there and Mm -hmm. just or a random conversation I have with you Mm. that it, it keeps me grounded in faith Hmm. And so I thank you for that. But um, as much as uh, 
I know I could be better and I know there's so much more I could be striving towards Mm. in faith. It's just, you know, I want to say that right now I'd say the the time is not there, (laughs) but I know that's complete (laughs) bull, you know, like, Mm. you know, I can make time for a lot of other stuff. A couple pieces of advice for you. Go for it. Um, First of all, it's a relationship. Yeah. And what will happen is the more you pursue him, the more you're going to recognize that. It won't be you being religious. You're not going to, like, wake up with a suit on and be ready for Sunday church. Right. You know what I mean? And it's not that I'm not. I mean, like, I totally believe in that, you know, living the good way. And it's not that... I'm not saved or anything. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. It's just... You're being honest with where you're at. Yeah. Uh, lifestyle that I'm... You're busy. Yeah, got a lot going on, but... The thing is, well, I love what you're getting into there, and I think, like, you're, you, like, I know you have the pieces to the puzzle. So you got a thousand-piece puzzle in front of you, and you're putting it together. That's life, right? Right. Okay? So the thing you're talking about with whenever we have, like, a passion... Sometimes it envelops us. We get these mile markers in our head. You know, with this podcast, I was starting to get like really antsy about wanting to see it grow. And I was, I was giving myself anxiety one night and I was laying in bed stressing about it sounding perfect and getting guests lined up and all these things that you start stressing about. I couldn't imagine what it'd be like to run your own business. This is a side thing for me, but I'm just as passionate about this as you are, but that's your job. So there's a little bit. I mean, my job started right. out as my side thing also right i mean granted i was that would be like if you were instead of working for the post office if you were working for you were a cog in the machine of another big mm-hmm. podcast or a studio mm. and you had your own podcast on the side yeah you know, it, it's a side thing can be your main thing yeah but but there's something there when you envelop it envelops you and you can almost start like whacking yourself out. Oh yeah. And you said you were kind of starting to get to that point, but you kind of had a little bit of like a breakthrough and realizing like you can't it can't be everything, right? Oh yeah. I had all these milestones I wanted to get to and so one of them was a dollar amount in the bank account. One of them was clientele lined up, the other one, mm-hmm. you know, there was I had a whole bunch of stuff in my head. I was telling myself I had to have before I would drop everything to chase a dream. Mm. Guess how many of those I had? How many? Zero. Mm. Mm-hmm. Didn't have the cash in the bank. Didn't have. Didn't know. I wanted to have like months of work booked up, and I don't even have all the tooling. I'm still constantly, mm. which that's never going to stop. I'm buying <laughs> tools all the time, but. You know, I didn't have the cash, you know, I didn't have the safety net, didn't have the clientele even. I just Mm -hmm. decided, you know what, I'm just going to try and go for it. And it's so far worked out. It's been, I don't know how many months now, but... few. Yeah, I I think I... Four, five, six? Started in April, probably. I started my LLC in March. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I know it was probably April because it didn't last long. I just sort of filled it out, did the paperwork, and I was like, all right, now I'm uh, legal. And then I just sort of, in the moment, 
knew I wanted to do it full-time in the long run, but it was sort of just getting the legality of it out of the way for my side job, whatever. Mm. And then once I just had that piece of paper in my hand, it took getting frustrated one too many times at work, and I was just like, why am I not doing this for myself? Mm. I mean, as it was, I was running somebody else's shop and had eight other guys work going out the door that I was responsible for and mm-hmm. I had to check everything. Otherwise it was coming back at the time and I'm taking the heat for all of it from customers. Mm-hmm. And so it got to the point where I felt like everything was, you know, not to sound, this kind of sounds bad, but it felt like I had to run all ends of the ship yeah, and then, it was leading you to something. And then I was just like, why am I not just doing this for myself right now? Mm-hmm. And I, I jumped into it without the safety net and anything else, but it's been working out, staying busy. Granted, there's been times where something will throw me for a loop, and then I end up having to play catch-up, and I'm working 12-plus-hour days and weekends mm-hmm. and everything else trying to meet deadlines just to uh, eventually get to a point where I have enough capital built up to where it is comfortable. Because, I mean, it's not poor right now. Right. But it's and it's paying the bills and it's doing good. But it's, uh, for the ideas I have, it's going to have to explode. <laughs> right. I mean, there's just... You have big dreams. Yeah. The thing I was getting to is with that anxiety I was feeling and that stress, I was in bed and I I remember in my heart, I felt the Lord say, are you doing this or am I? Or or it it might have just been like, who's doing this? It was something real simple, real small voice. And it helped me realize like, I'm not doing this in my own power. As a believer in Christ... I'm doing it unto him. I'm doing this for him. And he is the one who will orchestrate the growth, not me. So whenever I get out of my own way and submit it to him, that's when God's going to be able to use me. Whenever I humble myself to a point of where he can use me, then it's me getting out of the way and him doing the thing he was supposed to do the whole time. Right. So something that I advise you to do is as you walk this relationship out with God is to continue to give it to him. Because your business is going to grow. You're going to hit those mile markers. You're going to hit growth that you think right now is like astronomical if you keep it in him. And I believe the same thing for this. I believe that if I continue to steward this and do my best and not let it get the best of me and just let it be for him, God can use you wherever you're at, whether it's in being a mechanic or whether it's traveling to the world and say, speaking his name. Whatever's got, but there's something that I've done on here a bunch, and I still will do it in the future. Is tell people to get in church. Yeah, but my my, I mean, I said all the time. Somewhat of the backbone of the operation. Yeah, right. Get in church. Yeah, (laughs) I'm not gonna not say that to you, but you know, we heard a sermon about heaven and hell today, and you know, rather than get stressed out about heaven and hell, I was more so thinking about like my walk with God, and he was talking about like how. People who, if they had any kind of revelation on hell, their like walk with God would be different because they would want others to experience heaven. They wouldn't want them to go to hell. 
So one thing that I would give you advice on is just to try to continue to experience Jesus more. Even in the busyness, give him time. Because it doesn't have to be 30 minutes, an hour. It can start off with five to 10 minutes to take up when you're taking a break from a vehicle to read a chapter of your word or listen to some worship music rather than like heavy metal or whatever. It, you know yeah. what I mean? Like just giving him small moments, wake up with a prayer and go to bed praising his name. There's little things you can do. Yeah. And it might grow you to the point where you're like, okay, I've got to make an hour of my Sunday available to him. I've got to find a church. Yeah. And that, that's where you'll start to see it. You know, for me, it was like, I knew where I needed to be. I knew I already had a church family, had a church family my whole life. I've been blessed for you. You might, it might take you more time to get to that spot. And especially to find, you know, something like a, like a faith center Mm -hmm. out. I don't, I don't know where to start, you know, but, uh, Starts with the time, I guess. Got to find the time. Starts with the time, and you you'll you'll grow more in your own time with them than you will anywhere else. So if you can instill that into yourself first, when you do find a church, you'll be a lot more able to hear if it's the right church or not. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because you could church hop for a year and not find the right where God needs you to be. And I feel like also there's definitely no scarcity of. Uh, <sighs> Just going into a place and just hearing the emptiness in what mm. they're preaching, mm. which is unfortunate. But there's a couple like that around the area I'm at, but mm-hmm. where it just ah, not, you need not a spirit filled church, not bro. a fan of some of the places around there. Yeah, but uh, like the TV churches, there's one real close to me. It's uh, I'm not going to say any name. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, they're just... I will eh. tell you, there's one TV preacher I listen to. He'll rock your socks off. There are a few good ones out there, but I, I get the, I get what you're saying. Yeah. But um, where was I going? Oh, this, I'm going to hit back on the stress you were talking about of this podcast. Mm-hmm. And I have, you know, similar stress. And the, the just a couple days ago, I told... Taylor, I was like, oh, man, the man upstairs is looking out right now because I cut things close way too many times. Mm. Between deadlines and, you know, funds, I'll have five big jobs going, like I was telling you earlier, and it's just... I cut things close. And I, mm. Since I started this, I've had way more money than I have before, but the thing is, I just keep on turning around and reinvesting it, and mm-hmm. it goes so fast. Yeah. So, like, sure, there's more money now, but it spends a hundred times faster because I'm mm. trying to build something from nothing, essentially. Right. So it's it's pretty fun in yeah. a way. It's it's kind of a game and a challenge, definitely. But I, I told her, you know that man upstairs is looking out because it's things are working Mm -hmm. and i don't know how i could accomplish it but yeah some somehow things keep working and as long as they keep on going yeah it'll be all right but you were talking about your heart of, of like being active right and like wanting to do stuff right Like you have that in you yeah i think that's huge i think that's huge um, 
So when did you like ask the Lord into your heart? Did you do that when you're going to church at, at, with your mom and dad or? I mean, I want to say yes. It, it comes in waves, mm-hmm. really. Like there was seasons where I did try and, you know, get into it. And mm-hmm. even in the Catholic church, but it just couldn't like keep my attention. Mm-hmm. But <sighs> you remember the moment you're like, Lord, I accept you as my savior. Like come into my heart. I want to say there was multiple, mm. like at least. I feel like a lot of people do that. Two occasions, and then I sort of like strayed away from it. And yeah, I think a lot of people do that, bro, for real. Because there was definitely, you know, probably whenever I was living in Colorado, got. Is that the school where you're getting like beat up and stuff? You want to tell a little bit about my that? Seventh and eighth grade, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, there. Yeah, I'd say I definitely took it a lot more serious mm-hmm. and then sort of fell out of it again. Started to get friends in that second school in Colorado and they weren't any up to any good. And mm-hmm. then it sort of just started taking me down a different path. But I had friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then, you know, no one at that place i shouldn't say no one but majority of the kids around there were up to no good mm-hmm. and then a lot of uh, gangs and stuff right yeah yeah i watched a kid get stabbed in the eye in the hallway it was just you know. oh by the way <laughs> <laughs> and it was uh, it was pretty regular for it was fight back and still get beat up by like yeah. six people in the bathroom yeah and yeah there's just a lot of crazy stuff there. First school I was at in Colorado was a lot better. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yes. And then I, I did start to have a group of friends to hang out with and everything, which is good, you know, better than nothing, but they were definitely not, uh, the best influences, but I still think that myself and my family was, you know, working wonders for them. Mm that they had somebody to, uh, you know, I had some friends that, you know, would pretty much live at our house. You've had that always, right? Like a yeah. heart of generosity to... This was like a different kind of, you know, it was still just a friend hanging out at my house. But at the, looking back now, I know now mm. that it was a lot more to his family even. Mm-hmm. They had times whenever uh i'd go to their house and they were heating the house with the oven because the Mm. electrics off and then Mm -hmm. or like food was uh not exactly plentiful right and then no bag of doritos to get smashed yeah yeah so it was uh and at the time it wasn't like i thought he was you know going through anything yeah. He was just at my house a lot. <laughs> and yeah. it was awesome. I mean, it was, you know, it was fun. But I think maybe my mom knew more than I did. You know, mm. that's just typically how it goes when you're younger. Your parents sure. know way more than, than you do. But you don't admit that at the time at all. Yeah. yeah. We were talking about that when we were playing disc, like how ignorant we were to like the things happening around us when oh, we were yeah. younger. You're just oblivious. Totally oblivious. And, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure 
that my family helped some of those people out a lot more than I realized. But uh, mm. at the same time, I was also getting myself into some, uh, not any, it was never terrible, nothing awful, no real trouble, but it definitely wasn't good. Right. Just boys being boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, and then I'd say again, so that was, got close, and then it sort of went to the wind, and then I'd say just those long conversations we would have and getting involved with Faith Center, even though I wasn't like regular, I would mm. say, but it definitely, uh, it, it, it hit closer to home. Mm-hmm. And it felt right, but it, you know, it's just so many seasons. There are so many seasons. It's, I don't know. I mean, I would probably say, I can't put a a pinpoint date on like the event, but with just opening your heart back up and sort of let letting things take their course. Isn't it so funny we use the word seasons to describe our life? And the yeah. Bible is all about like sowing and reaping like seeds. <laughs> and like here's this big old season we've been going in. You know, we're sowing some major seed right now. You're sowing a lot of major seed in your and our lives are eerily similar and we're thousands you know, hundreds of miles apart and we don't see each other but maybe a couple times a year on a good year. But like we're in a season that's similar and I don't think that's a coincidence. It's because we can rely on each other and we're, we're meant to live life together. Yeah. And there's something that God's ordained in our lives to put us together for some reason. Right. So anyways, I said to throw that in there. I thought that that's cool. We just use seasons like nonchalantly, but it is a big old season of life. Yeah. I mean, it, it comes and goes and unfortunately sometimes, but sometimes it's a good thing you're moving on from whatever it may be. But the... Uh, podcast is hopefully here to stay i i think you're gonna see it through and yeah, man, ride sure. it out whether or not it's for a small audience or you're touching millions of people's hearts around the world i just think it's cool that you're doing it and um you know once a week right yeah yeah i think that's awesome that you're putting the extra time and I'd love to do like three a week if I could. Right. I'd love to do three a week. That's my goal. My goal is to make this to where I don't have to work anymore. Yeah. That's my dream. My dream is to do this, to bring the the word to people. And which I think is awesome. And that you've been telling me that you're uh, not just recently, it's been an ongoing thing, but that you've been stepping up in the church and mm-hmm. everything else. Proud of you. I mean, I really am. Thank you, man. And, uh, yeah, I just think it's cool that you're taking the initiative to not just spread the word, but to sort of carry people along. Mm. Not not necessarily even like guide them, but carry them along. Mm, I like the way you said that. It's interesting. I haven't seen it that way. Sometimes you feel like you're barely like carrying, <laughs> carrying yourself along. <laughs> and, you know, what made it... What started making it real to me 
was Pastor John has talked about your giftings a hundred billion times and like your ministry. He's taught on it. I know I could almost like do the sermon myself. You know what I mean? Right. But he, something he said the last time he taught it was like, there's going to be acknowledgement from others when you're in your gifting. In the weeks leading up to that, in the weeks ever since then, I've had people almost every single Sunday or anytime I run into anybody from the church come up and compliment me on doing this. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's the word being confirmed, right? Oh, yeah. There's just a constant confirmation. And, you know, my mom and dad mentioned, I was going to, I was going to save it, but I'll, I'll tell everybody. My mom and dad mentioned to us that they're like revamping life groups. They're starting like the Bible studies I've been telling you about. And they were saying we would be good at it, me and Jody. And sometimes you're like, lead a group of people in the word. Are you kidding me? Like, I'm not, yeah, I'm not ready for that. You know, you can start getting in your head. So we pushed it off like any regular people would, right? But then Danny Kidd called me, the garage we're in right now, the the man who owns this garage. He called me when I was delivering mail because we've been coming to his life group. And he's like, you know, me and Chrissy have been praying and God puts you all in our hearts and we think you're ready to lead a life group. And when you have like elders of your church and other people in your leadership tell you something like that, it's like, wow, you might be ready for like another step. You know, you just need a little nudge. Yeah. A little elbow in the right direction. So then we really started praying about it. (laughs) (laughs) Not that we should. We were just, we were just kind of like, I don't know, it's a lot to put on your plate. Is this in action? Is this? It's going to start soon. Yeah. In the oven? It's in the, we haven't gotten any information about it yet. So I, I'm thinking at the start of the year, we'll have a, a group that meets every Tuesday night at our house. That's and awesome. start breaking the bread of life with people. And some of the people who are going to come, I'm like, they read the word more than me. They're, you know, they have a calling towards ministry and they might be coming to my house to hear about the Lord. But God's never, he doesn't care about any of that. He can use them just as much as he can use me. Yeah, And the best thing about what I've learned about meeting in a group like this is it's not just the leader who's giving a word for somebody. Anybody in the group can open up and share something that they've gotten from the Lord, and the whole group can gain something from it or learn something from it, hear a new perspective on it. A lot of people in groups like that, I know just from going to youth with you, and Mm -hmm. uh, just imagine the people that, don't speak up just because it's out of their comfort zone mm-hmm. and it's just got to get out of your comfort zone a little more yes all the time and so that for you you're going out of your comfort zone with and with a small group it will make it easier for people to slowly come out of their comfort zone people who would never speak on a stage on sunday can finally open up yeah. and next you know it's profound yeah so that's exciting and even back to you leading the youth i thought that i mean that's just i'm not leading the but you know like being more active yeah but yeah but that's where john originally asked me and jody to serve and i was like yikes not what i was thinking you know we put things that were on our heart and i put like younger people i was thinking like young adults right and people who need jesus that's kind of like what my i was feeling he's like you want to help in the youth? And I was like, no, but <laughs> I did because I just felt like, you know, that's when my pastor needs me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then that essentially has snowballed into all of this. Yes, it has. It's been awesome, man. And the ramp we went on with the kids really, really started. And I barely had started the po- I finally started the podcast right around the time we were doing the ramp. And it's just been growing and growing and growing for sure. I can say you're uh, 
from the outside looking in, going in the right direction. I was going to play on the worship team t- this morning, but I didn't get to make practice because I was sick. If I would have <laughs> made practice, I would have t- said, come down a little earlier so you can uh, come in and hear the worship. Because I'm really excited about that too, joining the worship team and you know, just trying to be used wherever. I've been, I've been, uh, I've been praying with the altar team, and I got to go up there the other week. I didn't pray for anybody, but I'm being willing to be up there and have people come to me for prayer, and just there's just you know these things that are happening, and there's growth there for sure. So, before we get off here, was there something else you wanted to? talk about because i know you said before we started there was something you wanted to talk about i think i think we hit on it we hit on it i think so it was uh uh hmm. it might have been two things but i want to say it was about you uh in the youth if you got any like feedback or blank stares or in one ear out the other Mm. that was what i wanted to touch on the most was because i've been on both ends of that yeah you know never from your side but i've been Uh, whenever garrett came into the youth when whenever he came to the youth there was like a breath of fresh air i felt like it was i don't want to like beat up on people on here not they were trying their best and they were doing what they thought they could well john said it's not we need to revamp this. And he brought in Garrett. And Garrett is, his purpose is to be a preacher. Like that is his calling in life. So when you see someone who's like being used in their calling, the difference it brought into the youth was truly awesome. Now, are the kids still like, is it still like bouncing off their head and or rattling around in their brain? Yeah, it's got to be happening a little bit. Just sneak one good word the, in there at the time. The way or two he can teach on a scripture, dude, <laughs> it would blow your mind. He teach about, he can teach about a scripture for like 30 minutes. Whenever I teach to people, I need like 30 scripture. I need like a whole bunch of scripture. You know what I mean? Like, what else does Jesus say? Because I'm not good at saying it. Yeah. But he's just got that articulate mindset of like bringing the word to life. So I'd say that, you know, sometimes you see kids and you feel like they're growing, but then you hear things about what they're doing behind the scenes and you realize it might be a little bit more like surface level and that kind of breaks your heart. But man, we were young and dumb and we were stupid. Really dumb. Still am sometimes. Yeah, I'm still young and dumb. (laughs) I still look like I'm a 14 year old sometimes. Oh yeah. For sure. So it's, it's been good. What are some goals for you, you and Taylor? Um... Well, the one everyone always brings up is children, which <laughs> is not in paper yet. But uh, right now, I would say my only goal is to get the commercial real uh, commercial shop going hmm. to where it can run itself, and I can move on to the next thing. Nice, and then just keep that growing. And uh, I will put in one goal for, uh, I don't know, give me, give me some time. We'll say uh, a year from now. Okay. Maybe I will have found a church. Uh-oh. Not that I'm, you know, <laughs> saying I'm going to be regular, but uh, I'll at least know where I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> that you, that's a big goal. Are you sure you want to put that on the list? Yeah, we'll, we'll put it down. We'll put it down. I'll hold you to it. I'm just going to say that 
All right, that is the place that I've at least been to. <laughs> because right now I have no idea where I would go. And hopefully something grabs a hold of me and just... You can listen to sermons in your own time. The thing that's important about coming to church is meeting in a group of people together. The Word tells us to do that. That's the importance of it. If you go to, You can go to church, dude, every single week of your life and get nothing out of it. It's all about your heart. If you go willing to serve and willing to be used and, you know, maybe at first you need to go to get filled up, right? Because it's new and awkward and weird and you don't know where to sit. So you sit in the back row for like three years. But, (laughs) you know, one thing me and Joey do is we move around the sanctuary. But when we, we're still awkward. We don't always come in there and talk and stuff, but... You know, being used, being a part of the church, growing in that stuff and getting um, serving in some capacity is really when you're going to start seeing the dominoes fall. But I think it's awesome. I think it's an awesome goal. I think you should find a home church. I think it's so important for every Christian. So I definitely think that's a good goal. And in doing so, as you search, work on your own time, just giving him some of it. Right. And that's, you know, everybody can do better, dude. There's still times where I'm like talking about trying to read my word every day and there's still days where I don't. So it's like, I'm still working towards, you know, Joey's been in her word diligently every single day. And you can have somebody in your life reading the word right beside you every single day. And you can still choose not to, if you don't want to, it's a want thing. The thing is when your relationship with him grows, your heart for him will grow too. And you'll want to do things with him more than without him. Right. And that's whenever you start getting rid of the worldly and start putting in the spirituals, but putting in the Lord and stuff. So, and I'm I gotta excited. say, since you have started, you know, moving up and doing all these things, like I said, carrying people, like you're the reason that I would be like, you know what, just randomly pops into my head. I'm like, I'm gonna find a good little scripture and just send it to him and then you won't you don't know not, how excited not, not the words even just the verse and i was so excited when you sent me i a just scripture. fire one off and i'm like hey, i got you it was so good i was like oh my gosh you just sent me a scripture and then i read it oh it's good i was stoked dude. but yeah i mean just like little stuff like that uh baby steps baby steps all right bro i love you love you glad we and, did this uh, thank you so much for coming on Oh, yeah. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Hey, guys. Thank you for listening to the WBF podcast. Whether it's your first time or you've listened to every single episode, it's truly just a blessing to be able to speak with you guys and bring the testimony of what Jesus has done in, in the lives of the people around me. If you guys are blessed, I just ask that you share these testimonies with your friends and family, confidently post them on your social medias, because we never know whose testimony it is that's going to touch someone else. And I'm believing that these testimonies will touch the world, not for our glory, but for the glory of Jesus. So if you want to be a part of growing this ministry and seeing the equipment get better, eventually get to see video you can go to the wbf podcast facebook page and find out more i'm praying for every single listener that god will bless you and he'll open your heart to whatever he's got in store for you so thank you and we will see you guys next week